Hello and welcome to Active Bryant Fitness Systems. I'm Scott Bryant, your host. And this episode is all about the energy fitness fitness vampire in the gym. So I don't know if any of you have come across this, but when you're working out, you'll be in the zone having a great, great workout. And you'll have somebody come up to you and go, can you give me a spot? Can you do up my shoelace? Can you do this, this or this? Uh, I've had a person come up to me and said, could I go and strip the leg press machine when I've not even been using it? So really important to cut these people off really quick so you don't get your workout sabotaged by the vampires in the gym. Then the other thing is if you run a fitness business, you may get calls from energy vampires on a regular basis where they'll ring you up and they'll go, oh, my mum's got a neck pain. Oh, my dad's got a knee pain. Oh, uh, what do I do in this workout? Oh, what do I do about that? So normally I get an email and the email will have the whole life history, the the bra size, the neck size and uh, the inside outs of a duck's arse hoping that I'm going to answer their questions so they won't book me. So I always end up sending an email saying, look, you need to tell me where you are, what you're looking for, and how you want me to help you. Not give me a list of all your symptoms and your problems without me even assessing you with my own paperwork. And then I get people, uh, other trainers on a regular basis calling me saying, oh, my mum's got this pain, or my sister's got that, or my wife's got this, or I've got this or that. Uh, What do I need to do? So I had a discussion with a person a couple of months ago, and they said, oh, uh, I don't know the check system, but uh, I've been treating my my wife, and she's got a neck, neck issue. Where do I need to send her to get it fixed? So I said, look, first of all, I'm not gonna send you to anybody. Two, you need to book me for me to do my own assessment and then I will let you know what you need to do in which to help your wife or family member get out of pain. I don't know why people seem to think that I'm a charity or something online and for me to spend 40 minutes on the phone explaining to them which they're not going to get unless they see it physically and know how to do the techniques in which to help their family member. So I get this with fitness marketing as well. Other trainers ringing me. Oh, do I need to do a podcast? Where can I do the podcast? Well, research it and look for it yourself. The same as what I've done. Oh, what do I do with YouTube? Well, book me my mentoring service and I will help you and show you exactly what you need to do in which to make money. And I guarantee all my mentoring clients, they've all made money. They've all improved. So really important that I found categorically if people are not paying you for your service or your knowledge, they don't value it, they don't use it, they won't put it into practice. So the next energy vampire is the diet energy vampire. So you'll be out at dinner and uh, <laughs> and all of a sudden your friend will be going, oh, I'm on this diet, what do you think? And I'll go, uh, well, what I think is, is that you need to ring me up, book a consultation, then I'll tell you. Because you end up wasting your whole evening telling them what they should do with their diet because they're a fat git and they won't listen to you even if you do give them the perfect information to get the weight off. The only thing that works is when they give you some readies, some money in your pocket. So really, really important that you do that. And the other thing is with NG vampires, your friends can be the biggest bloodsuckers ever. As in, you'll be sitting there and you're like, uh, I've had friends come round and uh, done a full assessment on them, really put all my energy and work into it. And uh, I say to them three weeks later, how's it going with the program? Oh, I haven't had time to do it. Yeah, but I spent four hours on that. Oh yeah, but I haven't had time to do it. Now, if I'd have charged them 5,000 pounds, they would be doing it. So please don't make the mistake that I've made where uh, you'll give all your information, all your time, all your expertise to somebody and uh, they won't use it. The same with family members 
Uh, I give them little tidbits, but really, I don't really bother anymore because they never use it. They never do it. Uh, one of my one of my sisters has been really good, and she's really used it and and done it. So I can't say everybody has done that to me, but really important that you uh, vet the energy vampires before you give them anything. The same as uh, with you know media phoning you like I've had many media people phone me oh it's Christmas time what can we do what weight loss diet can we put up in our magazine or they'll ring you and they'll go right we've got this magazine it's going to cost you 550 pounds and we're going to put an ad in for you and you're going to tell us all what we need to do for the January rush to get in shape wait a minute I'm giving you my knowledge that I've paid 60,000 pound for and you want me to give it to you for free and I need to pay you that's a proper energy vampire okay so when you get these people uh, energy vampire you're the same with cold callers I get a lot of other trainers cold calling me oh have you got enough clients Scott yes I'm fully booked yeah but I want to tell you about my system how I'm gonna market for you and get you lots of clients well how long have you been marketing for clients oh three weeks well you don't have any experience in numpty but you want three thousand pounds off of me show me where your website is and help uh, give me the numbers of the people that you've helped I'll give them a call find out how good you are then I might book you okay so there's lots of energy vampires in the fitness industry and lots of energy vampire people that will try and zap your energy so really really important block them straight away with a cross with a silver bullet, with some garlic. No, I'm only joking. Just be blunt and straight with people. That's what I found. Like uh, when cold callers call me, I get quite rude with them now because I never want them to call me again. I'm hoping that with me telling them they're a C-U-N-T or that I'm not interested in their uh, F-U-C-K offer, that they'll remember me and go, well, I'm not calling that guy again. He's not very nice. Yeah? So, uh, I don't mean to be, uh, no, I do mean to be, because they really hacked me off after 20 years of, of getting this, and it's more and more. The same with when people have, may have a good product, like I had this this week of uh, my ex-girlfriend. She sends me an email, I hope you're listening, uh, she sends me an email, oh, I've got these socks that are absolutely amazing for posture, flexibility, and movement. And when I see the video, the, the guy was standing in a different position to show you how much flexibility he had but he's cheated what he's done but I noticed it straight away so I said to her you know the video is not correct they can't be that good because they're a pair of socks and two they want 90 pounds for a pair of socks and she went oh don't worry about that we'll both get 20% commission now that's pyramid or network marketing and I hate pyramid and network marketing and the reason being, if you're running your own business and you've already got products to sell like a diet coaching, flexibility programs or programs in general and, uh, you know, assessments and stuff, you don't want 500 other things to sell to your clients because they just see you as a salesman then. They don't see you as their, as their coach or their master practitioner. So really important that don't get involved in network marketing, get rid of the cold callers, get rid of the energy vampires. As soon as you get an energy vampire email or you get an energy vampire call, I've even had energy vampires text me on a Sunday night, can you help my daughter get into shape? Okay, yeah, I'll talk to you Monday. Then I talk to them Monday and then they go, oh, uh, I'm going on holiday so we can't do it yet. Complete waste of time. So really, really important is uh, block these people, get them out of your life, and uh, wear some garlic, it's a joke, in which to keep the energy vampires at bay. And when you get these energy vampires, as in friends, family, or uh, maybe new prospective clients, as soon as you stop talking to them, you'll feel really drained. And you will feel that they're just wasting your time. And that's why I charge for all the consultations that I do now, because if I charge, there's less percentage 
a less chance of that client being an energy vampire because they're invested in some wonga or some money in which to see me. So you've hope you've enjoyed this uh, podcast on the energy vampires and uh, please subscribe to the uh, podcast on Apple Podcasts and please leave a review if you think it was good. Thank you very much and I look forward to interacting with you with my next podcast which will be about the second chakra which I should have done tonight but I wanted to do the fitness energy vampires. Thanks very much. Bye-bye. Hello and welcome to Active Bryant Fitness Systems. I'm Scott Bryant, your host. And what I'm going to talk to you tonight about is about the gym idiots and the first aid fitness pack for the coronavirus. Now, we all know about the coronavirus. It's a real, real serious problem. But unfortunately, in the UK, the gyms are staying open. Now, in America, they've done the wisest thing by closing the gyms down. And the reason why I think it's really bad that the gyms are still open is that for over 40 years, I've been working out in gyms. Many people will still go to the gym when they've got an illness, disease, or a cold. So if somebody has got the coronavirus, they're not gonna know whether they've got it or not. And when they sneeze, fart, or burp, or breathing, they'll be spreading it in the gym. Now most gyms have got aircon systems that don't, that don't change the air quality really. So if, uh, if the gym is really hot, then that coronavirus may stay in the system for much longer. And in my gym, they've got one or two cleaners that you don't hardly see. They've got to clean the whole gym as well as clean the machines. Many people don't clean the machines after they've used them. So if they have got the coronavirus, it would still be there. Just before Christmas, I got really bad flu. I recovered from flu and I went to train. And somebody come over to me and they had very bad flu and I could see this. And they proceeded to talk to me, have a chat with me, but I I stayed away. Uh, But really, they shouldn't have been in the gym. And this is what's going to happen all the time. But the great thing that I saw on on Facebook uh, today is that a big bodybuilder was checking people's temperature before they went into the gym and cleaned the gym. But the virus might be in the aircon. It's on the equipment for 48 hours if they've got it, you know, in their skin. So... You know, what we should all be doing is avoiding the gym, training over the park on our own or training indoors. Because you know how clean your own environment is. I've not been going to the coffee shops because they showed a YouTube video where the germ can sit on the computer and be on the keyboard or could be on the cups if the cups are not washed properly. And again, because of in coffee shops, they'll see many, 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 many people. The chances of them cups not being fully clean is huge so the next thing that we can do to protect ourselves is to make sure that we take magnesium (laughs) magnesium vitamin c probiotics and vitamin k and immune oil (laughs) as you can see i've got a bit of a cough myself you know that's why i'm self-isolating but really important that with uh, vitamin C, you have three grams a day, which would be 1,000 milligrams twice a day. Then you would have your magnesium, which could be one or two capsules a day. Then you'd have your probiotics before you go to bed and first thing in the morning. And then you'd have your vitamin K, which I have a spray form of it, which keeps the bones and the muscle strong and all that type of stuff, which will have huge benefits for you if you do get attacked by the coronavirus they're now saying that the coronavirus can hit different ages not just the old so you may be a young person in your 20s 30s or 40s thinking that you're not going to get it so you're going to go and train when you've got a cold when training when you've got a cold or any type of illness will suppress your immune system not enhance it the same with having sugar if you have sugar 
this will uh, suppress your immune system for 24 hours so if you're near somebody that's got a cold or a flu or the virus it's up in your chances of getting it so if you want to stay safe train at home get them vitamins and minerals that I spoke about make sure your Wi-Fi and all that is off on a regular basis because that can zap your immune system as well and make sure everything is really cleaned well at home so the pots and pans are washed the bedding is washed your floors are washed your bath is washed your sink and all these types of things could help enhance you not getting it the other thing that you could do is that you could get some uh, oils which you could get oregano oil which is really powerful for knocking out bugs out of the body so you could you know take that you know twice once once or twice or three times a day in which to power up the immune system or you could take ashwagandha this can help with the immune system as well but i don't want to give you too many things to do because you'll just get confused so just stick with the vitamin c and take uh, three grams a day and uh, as soon as you get diarrhea then you know you've got enough in your system but you need to keep topping it up because the body needs to fight off this invader and make sure you get plenty of sleep so if you don't get enough sleep at night which one of my clients is not make sure that you sleep in the day you have a 30 minute or 15 minute kip where you can power up your system again don't do any hard exercise that may stress the body out so if you're doing one wet one rep maximum training this can stress the body out for at least five or six days so really avoid that do light training until we all get the all clear then rather keep punishing your immune system the same with alcohol if you're drinking alcohol at the weekend this is going to be the window when you've <coughs> damaged your immune system and it may cause some issues so really really important keep your immune system strong this will keep you alive and this will stop you hopefully getting the coronavirus okay so really really look after yourself keep yourself strong and healthy and stay out of the gym because of the aircon imagine imagine if you was on the plane all the people are close together they can't get off the plane for 12 hours if they're flying to America from England it's just huge you can pick it up the amount of times I've flown to like Thailand San Diego different countries and I end up feeling weaker because of going through the radiation scanners and getting on the plane the plane is really stressful you're up in the sky which really we shouldn't be up in the sky you know if we didn't have planes it would be a better place really wouldn't it uh, so you've got to think about all these things so it would be the aircon where the the virus will be floating around in and in the equipment and in the wet area of the of the gym so if the showers are not cleaned every every couple of hours with hot soapy water and if the sauna and steam is not cleaned they're only cleaned once a day come on this is why it's a breeding ground and this is why you know the politicians have said stay out of the bars stay out of the restaurants stay out of all these social gathering places to stop you from picking up the coronavirus now some of us have to, some people that i know have got the attitude of if i get it i get it if i die i die well if you've got that attitude then don't worry about anything just go and train go and socialize and then when you get the disease and you're dying in a hospital bed then you can say oh that's my own fault because i didn't listen to nobody the other thing that we have to remember is that in 1918 the influenza flu was there and it killed 50 million people around the world 50 million this virus is even stronger than that it's already killed a thousand 2,000 in Italy and 145 in London in five days so what do you think do you value your life do you value your health if you do then take note and do everything i've said in the podcast if you've got any questions or you need any help go to activebryantsystems.com send me an email i'll be happy to help you or you can go to my youtube channel by the same name active bryant fitness systems and see the video i've just uploaded about the coronavirus 
I'm really hoping this helps you to have your first aid kit to help you out when you're in the gym if you must go to the gym because you're addicted to exercise. Okay, thanks very much and I look forward to chatting to you again soon. The next podcast will all be about the (coughs) second chakra which is to do with fluidity in life and balance and it can uh, relate to gut intestinal health. Thanks very much. Bye-bye. I'm Scott Bryant, your host. Please uh, go to Apple Podcasts, leave me a review if you've enjoyed this podcast. Thank you. Bye-bye. Hello, welcome to Active Bryant Systems. I'm Scott Bryant, your host, and this podcast is all about addiction. So... From a young age, I realised I had an addiction issue. I was about 16 when I got introduced to cannabis and LSD and speed. Lucky for me, I never did ecstasy or cocaine or any other hard drugs like that. But it did grab me and it did have hold of me for at least three years, where I was smoking cannabis on a regular basis nearly every day and uh, doing LSD Uh, once or twice I tried speed but that didn't really do it for me but the LSD trips I really really enjoyed but unknowing to me as the years went on after the three years of me being in a drug state I decided that I was going to stop and when I said to my friends so called friends and family that I was going to stop My family said I wouldn't and uh, it was all my own fault and I can remember having a panic attack at home and when I had this panic attack my sister rightly said it's your own fault you put yourself in this position now get yourself out of it so I I showed them the birdie I left home and I started to go into recovery from drug addiction First of all, I decided I was going to stop smoking. I was a smoker of 20 B&H a day and I decided I needed to stop because I wanted to get into weightlifting and looking after myself and not be a, hip- a hypocrite or a fake. So after withdrawing from cigarettes, I tore up all my <laughs> 20 cigarettes and uh, broke them up into pieces and said, I'd never smoke again. And then... <laughs> I went through two days and got bored, so I went and bought some uh, tobacco and some skin-up papers. So I went on tobacco for a little while and still didn't understand why I couldn't quit the tobacco. It was really winding me up. So then I threw that away and said, that's it, I'm stopping. I'm not doing it ever again. Come on, Scott, stop being a pussy. You can do it. So then day one went by, day two went by, day three went by. And I realised what I needed to do was to keep my mind occupied. So I started uh, training in a friend's back garden and I, well, I was in lodgings and I bought a punch bag and hung it on the, uh, on the swing and started hitting the punch bag. And the guy that owned the property had a little weightlifting bench with some dumbbells and a barbell. So I started lifting that, training on that. And then I used to ride to work every day and ride home again. So while I was quitting uh, smoking, obviously I was quitting cannabis at the same time. But during this time I was going through severe withdrawal, panic attacks and why am I giving up when I enjoy it so much? But then I realized I must have an addictive personality because anything that give me a buzz, I seem to do it in excess. So then I learned a valuable lesson about myself that having these big addictions wasn't good for me. So a couple of months went by and I'd still stopped smoking, I still stopped smoking cannabis. And then uh, I moved down to Clacton and got tested by people that I knew that smoked cannabis and said, do you want some or do you want some cigarettes? And I just said, no, I refused. And I got a little bit angry, a bit angry with myself. 
thinking, why have I stopped? Why have I given up? Do I really need to give up? Or can I keep doing it? So then a friend said to me, do you want a puff of a joint? I said, all right, come on, I've been clean for a couple of months, so I'll give it a try. And when I had that (laughs) joint, (laughs) the stress that I had before, or the fun that I had before, sorry, wasn't there. I didn't get a buzz. I didn't really enjoy it like I used to when I used to get the giggles and, you know, get the munchies and say stupid things and have a good laugh. So I just got depression from it and then I decided that's it, never again. And from that day till now, so that's uh, stopped when I was 19, I'm 49. So that's uh, over nearly, yeah, 19, 20, 49. What's that, 29, nearly 30 years ago. So uh, what I did learn is that even though you've stopped smoking, drinking or doing drugs, it will still keep calling you, it will still keep haunting you. So the amount of times I had cravings and uh, bouts of depression and things like that happening when my body wanted more of that substance to because I was under a lot of stress either trying to find somewhere to live or moving out of where I was living or having rows with ex-girlfriends or having family problems uh, would make <laughs> me crave the cannabis because when I used to smoke cannabis I'd forget about it or if I was doing LSD I'd be on a trip so I wouldn't know I didn't really uh, worry about my problems at that time but then I realized that uh, a lot of my friends were doing much heavier drugs so one of my close bodybuilding mates he was doing uh, steroids and heroin and I didn't know this and he worked in a slaughterhouse and he was a lovely guy we got on really well we used to have wrestles and fights all the time he thought he was harder than me but he definitely wasn't and uh, I remember him DDT and me when we used to work together and then we used to uh, go out in his car you know before I stopped smoking cannabis and we'd uh, have a joint together and have a giggle which was really good but then he's uh he got some ecstasy for his wife and they went out clubbing and she died and that was a big awakening for me and then my I had a friend that looked after me when I was a child and uh, she was like my surrogate nan and she died Uh, so that was shocking and this is the year when Leah Betts died as well who was uh, died on ecstasy and it was all in the media in the 80s with Raquel's and the Essex boys So unfortunately I started to see friends dying or friends and family's mental ability not to function in the way that it should. And myself, I was suffering through panic attacks and anxiety and that followed me around for years and years and years. And I think it was just because I went cold turkey and I refused to take any a drug to balance myself out because the doctor recommended certain things but I'd just throw them away or I wouldn't take them because I just thought I'm just getting addicted to something else so then after realising I had an addiction had an addictive personality I put that into my, my weight training, my learning and studying once I uh, stopped being a, a doorman or working at Argos or uh, being a chef, I think when I was stopped chefing, that's when I stopped drugs. And then I went to Argos. Then I went to uh, being a doorman. And when I was on the doors, there was a lot of dr- drug use by people in clubs and uh, pubs and clubs. And I was on a mission to uh, prevent these people from doing these things. But obviously, they're just socialising. They're trying to enjoy themselves, and they've not seen what I've seen. So I've seen people collapse in bars, I've seen people do some crazy things on when they're on drugs. Uh, so I see it as a real problem. And now living in London for the last 18, 19 years, I can see it getting worse and worse. And the crazy thing is, you know, you watch the, the movies now, it's all about cocaine, it's like unbelievable. And there's a cocaine epidemic in London, they're saying, 
but it's all being promoted in the movies and stuff like that all the time so people think it's the norm and it's the norm thing to do unfortunately I've lost about five friends to drugs and that's why I choose not to do it and that's why I've been strong about controlling my addiction and putting my addictions in other things that don't hurt me like weight training cooking great food uh, reading learning new things doing courses and just stand away from uh, people that are involved in that world I went to a party many moons ago and everybody was on something and I left within 20 minutes because I could see and feel it and obviously if you listen to my other podcasts you know that I used to be a doorman and you learned things you get a sense for things so I couldn't hang around with them people and today as soon as I find out that somebody has been taking something like that I find it hard to be around them because I lose trust for them and because I've lost so many friends it depresses me a little bit like a friend of mine died last year and uh, he'd been a heavy he said to me he'd been a heavy user of recreational drugs which is fine everyone's got freedom of choice but we used to train together and he had uh, a bad nosebleed and I said look you need to go and see the doctor he didn't go to the doctors for a month and they found out he had spine cancer he fought it for three years and I went to the hospice to see my friend on his last day of his life and it, it broke my heart to see an 18 stone strong guy go down to a 10 stone weak guy who couldn't even lift up his pants because of his drug use all his life teenage life till adulthood uh, he was he was in his late 50s to get that horrible disease you know really shocked me and upset me and that's why I choose to stay away from drugs I could have uh, gone on to you know steroids to build up my body and and to get even bigger and compete in competitions and all that type of stuff but I've chose to stay away from that world because another friend of mine was taking huge amounts of steroids when I was in my early 20s and he smashed up his house lost his wife lost his kid lost his job uh, lost the house that he was living in uh, because of messing with things that can really really damage you at first you know when I was smoking cannabis and doing LSD I thought it was the coolest thing ever but I was in my 20s uh, really really young and wanted to experiment and enjoy my life more but what I realized is that a lot of the people you do it with are quite they're fake friends because as soon as you stop doing your addiction they don't come round to visit you nobody come to me to help me when I was going through withdrawal and I didn't go under any drug treatment I went and told my doctor and he wanted to get me on another drug which is unbelievable so if any of you out there are listening to this podcast and you want to quit drugs you've got to take it like alcoholics you've got to take it day by day and you've got to fall in love with life again look at the stars at night and see what a special planet we're on and surround yourself with people that don't do drugs and people that are in love with life and mirror them become one of them in love with life in love with what you do uh, there's always going to be depression for some people I still get depressed it's part of the human part of being human you're going to get depressed you're going to get down you're going to have up days you're going to have down days it's just how you cope with them and the best way to cope with depression or drug withdrawal is to keep your mind occupied with something else so I hope you enjoyed my story about my addictions and I still struggle with addictions as in if I have one coffee I might have to have five or if I have a bar of chocolate I can't just eat one one cube of it I gotta eat eat the whole lot so I still have to watch myself but those addictions are not 
addictions like alcohol or taking drugs or smoking that are are life-threatening. So I hope that you learn from my mistakes and take inspiration from me quitting after a three-year addiction through just going cold turkey and taking each day as it comes. I think that's the secret. Just taking each day as it comes, spending your time with positive people, setting yourself realistic goals and having a a vision and dream of being drug and chemical free. Thanks very much. I hope you've enjoyed the podcast. If you'd like to read my new book, Holistic Health for Proper Geezers and Classy Ladies, Get the Body and Fitness You Want, please uh, contact me above and send me an email and I will send you a free audio copy of my book. Thanks very much. Bye-bye. Hello and welcome to Active Bryant Fitness Systems. I'm Scott Bryant, your host. And this chapter is all about mental and emotional dysfunctional patterns in the gym. So I've been working out for over 40 years now and I've seen many different issues with many different people and clients that I've worked with over the years. Now, number one is body dysmorphia. So unfortunately, a lot of these disorders are not taught by the training organizations for personal trainers, fitness professionals, or doctors, physios, and osteopaths. So you've got five main ones that I found. So you've got body dysmorphia, bigorexia, narcissism, egoism, and anorexia, and bulimia, and uh, irritable bowel, Uh, as well as other many other health complaints and many people will go to the gym in the thinking of that they can change some of these illnesses now admittedly some of them you can some of them you just cannot change at all so i'll talk about the five ones individually so the first one is body dysmorphia so i had a client a few years ago and they contacted me Oh, I want a bigger bum and a smaller belly. Okay, we'll see what we can do. And when I met this person, they had the perfect body. And I'm thinking to myself, wait a minute, they must have a mental issue to want to train with me because they had the perfect body. Or any other woman or man would look at that body and go, this is the perfect body, I love this body. Yeah, I'd love to have this type of body. So having a bigger bum and having a flatter belly is quite easy to do, but it will take time. So I educated the client about this, that it will take time and uh, that it takes work and commitment. So they've done my paperwork, they signed up for the session. We start, we've done the first session, went okay. Second session went okay. Third session, I want my money back. Well, why do you want your money back? Uh, You've made my belly bigger and my bum smaller. Uh, no, that's impossible to do in four days. I got you on a diet to reduce the swelling in your stomach and I gave you squats in which to build the uh, gluteus maximus muscle because you want a bigger bum. But it isn't going to happen immediately. And this client was paying me a lot of money and because it didn't happen immediately, they decided to say that they wanted their money back. So I said, you need to complete the sessions, I'm not giving you a refund. And after us having this chat, they realized that they weren't gonna get their money back. So we finished the sessions. And then I said, if you've got a big issue about your bum, why don't you go and have implants and have go and get a colonic irrigation if your belly is still too big? But then it dawned on me that she must have body dysmorphia. Because if you don't have body dysmorphia, you wouldn't be thinking and and everybody seeing your body is beautiful. But all you're seeing is, you know, hideousness in the mirror. So a percentage of clients, I think it's 
more in females than males, will have this body dysmorphia. So really, as healthcare professionals, we need to make sure we have a questionnaire or we're taught how to recognize this. So that's a mental, emotional, dysfunctional one. Now, number two is uh, bigorexia. Now, all bodybuilders, male or female, will have this issue. Now, I think I've got it a little bit, but now I'm in my 50s nearly, I'm more content with my body (coughs) than ever before. But bigorexia is, for most bodybuilders like Arnold Schwarzenegger, Lutheringo, uh, The Rock, and or Dwayne Chambers, or people like this that just want gigantrian muscle. So this could be linked to childhood bullying, this could be linked to uh, not enough love as a child. So when they're building their muscle, obviously we get a pump, we get an endorphin rush, you know you get people saying to you oh you're looking bigger you're looking stronger and just complimenting you on your physique so when this happens you start to feel better and better and better about yourself but you still have the demon of oh my arms are not big enough my legs are not big enough or i'm not strong enough so many people men and females in the gym will have bigorexia but have never made that connection Now, I laugh about bigorexia. I think it's maybe a good thing to have because then you're always going to train, you're always going to stay in shape, you're always going to keep fit. So from that point of view, this is where bigorexia could be a really good thing. As long as you're not training more than four days a week, as long as you're not taking anabolic steroids, as long as you're not, uh, you know, doing things that are causing dysfunction to your health so many of the guys that I see with bigorexia and we have a little bit of a laugh about it uh, understand they've got this uh, bigorexia but don't take it to the level of that they're like they're jacking up with huge amounts of steroids or they're going too mad with it okay so if you have got big bigorexia just realize you've got bigorexia and this may be why you have to keep training in the gym or you may be addicted to exercise. And I keep meeting people that are addicted to exercise. You could say I'm addicted to exercise because I've been doing it for 40 years, but I love exercise. I love keeping in shape. I love keeping strong. So this is really, really uh, important for my well-being. And because of in my archetype, I'm a hero, warrior, athlete. This is one reason why I keep my bigorexia going and don't see it as harmful because I train four days a week and I'm, if I'm too tired, I won't train. So next mental emotional dysfunction is narcissism. Now I've seen this in a few clients, but I haven't got a problem with people having narcissism. Okay. If you've got narcissism, it's all about you, not about anybody else. Some narcissists are not very compassionate or very caring, but I have found narcissists that I've worked with that have been very caring, very loving and quite understanding. But when working with a narcissist, you have to make sure that the session is all about them and not about you. But remember, if you're in the PT world or you're a check practitioner or you're a physio osteopath doctor, It is about the client and not about you. So we have to come out of our own egos, which is really, really important. So I think, you know, with bigorexia and narcissism linked together, it's not a too bad a thing as long as that client is not making your life hell when you're training them. Okay. so the next emotional dysfunction is ego. Now, I like lifting really heavy, like 180, 190 deadlift for one. Yeah, and that's probably a lot of my ego making me do that. But I enjoy lifting big weights and I feel fulfilled after I lift big weights. It's just when somebody is in the gym lifting with ego, which will cause dysfunction or injury or them not listening to their body will cause a massive problem. 
So really important, keep your ego in check when you're in the gym because if you're lifting weights that your body cannot handle, you may really hurt yourself. You may cause a reputable injury that you may not be able to recover from and never change. So I met a guy and he was a bodybuilder in the gym and he was massive and uh, he said he'd just come off his cycle of steroids and uh, he wanted to try and lift the same amount of weight. And I said, look, this is not a wise idea because if you're trying to lift the same amount of weight and you're not on stuff, you're not going to be really supporting your ligaments, tendons and joints because of you're not on the, the steroids. So he decided to do his own thing, then ripped his knee and I've never seen him in the gym since. So really important that you keep your ego in check. And I have to say this to myself a lot of the time when I'm doing my 65 kilo bicep curls. I have to say, Scott, you know, right, you've done one, one set or one rep, uh, rest for five, then do another set. And if another set is much harder than the first set, I need to say, ego, shut up. I am not doing another set because I know I could rip or damage something. Okay, so really, with all these disorders, the more that you connect to yourself and understand and recognize you have these disorders, the more that you can control it. So the next one is uh, anorexia and nervosic uh, men and women. So I had an anorexic woman come up to me and she went, I want to train and I want to train five days a week with you. And I went... I'm sorry, but I can't train you five days a week because you have very little muscle, very little fat, and all I can see is bone. I'm not going to overtrain you like you want because you need to get your mental, emotional, and mineral, like vitamin and mineral, and dietary state looked at in which to get over the anorexia or nervosa. Yes, it's, it's great to exercise if you've got an illness like diabetes or obesity or you've got a heart issue or you've got a lung issue, but you need to do it in format or in balance with your body. So somebody that's a, got anorexia and wants to do cardiovascular five days a week will be damaging herself. And three different gyms that I've worked at in my career, we had members come in like that and I wanted to ban the members. But the gym owner said, no, we can't ban them, we have to keep them coming in. And I'm like, well, what happens if they're on the on the bike and they, you know, tear their glute muscle because of they haven't got the, the structure or the strength or endurance to do that type of training? Oh, well, it's not our fault, that's down to them, they're on their own. Now, to me, that's very incompassionate, not loving, and not what the fitness gym is about. The fitness gym should be watching out for all of these dysfunctional mental, emotional patterns in people and having somebody like me or another professional to help them through body dysmorphia, bigorexia, narcissism, egotism, and anorexia. The more that the gyms change and have these type of professionals to help to notice these things, the more successful every fitness gym will be because the member will go, well, uh, I've got body dysmorphia. I've been working with Scott and Scott's been helping me with my mental, emotional state and my body dysmorphia, I understand, is coming from my childhood or from when I was bullied or uh, a dysfunctional thinking pattern that I've been helped with. Or even bigorexia, you know, if you're getting lots of pain in your joints, cut back on your training. If you've got narcissism, it's not about uh, having a go at the narcissism, it's giving the person with narcissism more love, more compassion, more understanding, and slowly helping that person to understand that they have narcissism. but I see bigorexia and narcissism and body dysmorphia. As long as that client is willing to listen and to be coached on how to manage these disorders, 
all these disorders can be something that can be changed and for the client to improve on, okay? But they have to be ready. And many people, you have four categories of people. You have the people that will never care whether they got egoism, narcissism, bigorexia, body dysmorphia, or anorexia, because they're so locked in themselves that they won't ever change. Then you've got the people that have worked with other professionals, seen a little bit of the light, and are looking for somebody with real in-depth knowledge and understanding and love, caring and compassion to help them. And then you've got the people that have just started looking around and started to become more open about themselves and looking for somebody to work with them. And then you've got the other person that's worked with uh, many, many people and still looking around to find the right professional to help them. So as you can see, there's one group of people that you can never work with. So you need to, as healthcare professionals, physios, osteopaths, doctors, chiropractors, have a questionnaire sheet that you can help. And I'm sure the bigger amount of doctors will say, you need to do this to keep your health or to get stronger or to feel happier about yourself. But probably 50 to 60% people that go to their doctors don't trust the doctor don't believe in a doctor and won't do what the doctor asks them anymore because of there's so much misinformation out there so i hope you've enjoyed this podcast for 15 minutes about body dysmorphia bigorexia narcissism egoism and anorexia and bulimia and irritable bowel and other disorders that people can come with in the gym some of these disorders will never be cured in some people because they don't want to change but others do want to change and are willing to do the work to get the change so don't uh, if you're a healthcare professional what in whatever field never put somebody off so i'll always see somebody even though i know they got body dysmorphia or bigorexia or narcissism or they're too much in their ego and I will slowly (laughs) unpeel them like an onion and slowly help them with these dysfunctions. The great thing if you listen to my uh, podcast about the root chakra and lower back pain and the next one I'll do which will be about the second chakra and uh, fluidity and balance in life you'll see that when I'm talking about these there's different techniques that you can use like affirmations like exercises and stuff like that in which to rebalance these disbalances in the brain so thank you very much for listening to me today hope you enjoyed this podcast please uh, give me a review on apple podcasts or anywhere that you can find it you can give me a review and uh, if you'd like to send me an email go to activebrightsystems.com or you can buy my book, which is Holistic Health for Proper Geezers, Classy Ladies, Get the Body and Fitness You Want. And you can buy that on Amazon, uh, audiobooks and everywhere else online. So thanks very much for listening to me today. Have a wonderful day and protect yourself from the coronavirus. And I'll speak to you very soon. Thank you. Bye bye.